0: Good morning, Grace. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Welcome and welcome to all our listeners and thank you for your great feedback to our last episode of Can You See What I Can See? and in that one we talked about grandparents raising their grandchildren. Vicki Scott here and today my co-host Grace Hart and I want to talk about something that we human beings have been doing for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I mean, we never actually acknowledge ourselves and Mm. our unique gifts and talents. And we've called today's episode the magic that we hide from ourselves. So, Grace, I can see a world where each of us are no longer playing small. And in turn, this leads to a world where it is actually normal for each of us to feel free to be the magic of us without that judgment from ourselves, particularly or from others. So what can you see?
1: Oh, I see that too. And I see a world where we celebrate and lift up and empower, uh, you know, everybody. And I see a world where there's no competition. Um, there's just creation.
0: Oh, that's mm. interesting. <laughs> you talk about competition. Um, I think that uh, life, I realize I sort of grew up in an era where com- comparison with others was actually what was commonplace. Required, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I sort of made that mean that we had to be, we couldn't just allow ourselves to be us and others to be all the magic that they are.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, competition creates polarity. There's winners and there's losers. And when you're focused on the winning and the losing, are you truly creating? Are you truly in possibilities? Can you actually see everything that you could step into and be for yourself, your family, the community, the world, and so I would love competition to not exist. I would love creation to exist, and um, and you know everyone's got their own abilities to create. So you're not sort of in judgment of oh, what are you creating? Because that's that competition energy. It's like, oh, I want to create this, and this is what you know makes me really happy. And um, with me being me, and what are you? What are you creating? And and how can we you know co-create together? That's the world I see.
0: Oh wow. I love that, you know, I wish well, I'd, had <laughs> <laughs> I wished I'd had those sorts of conversations as a young person growing up, I know Me it just too. wasn't, yeah, we mm. need this new library, don't we, a vocabulary that keeps coming up that, um, it, that just hasn't been there before and it's unfortunate that sometimes we refer to it as a bit woo-woo, but yeah. um, what, what we're currently getting isn't, actually working for
1: us. Exactly. And, you know, you actually said it uh, in one of the podcasts. You talked about the library and the library is there. It's fully formed. It's active. It has lots of juicy books and information in there. It's just our perception. We need to turn our head and choose something greater rather than trying to – I think people get lost in the trying to fix this reality instead of just creating a new one.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but, you know, some of it's been around the way we've all been conditioned. You know, yeah, God, I I actually found this a bit confronting, but I read somewhere that the director of London School of Economics, well, he was quoted as saying that in the past, jobs were about muscles, yeah. and now they're about brains. But in the future, they'll be about the heart.
1: So what do you think you, about that? You know. That gives me goosebumps. Uh, you know, in this day and age, if you're a designer and you create a design, within moments, as soon as it gets out onto the internet, you've got your copies. And I think it's the same with everything. If you if you put your book out there, they're going to, you know, plagiarise it or they're going to copy it and sell it as their own. And I mean, there's lots of things that can happen with your creations. However, nobody can create your heart and who you be with mm-hmm. that. And isn't that why we go to a hairdresser? It's who they, they're being – or if we you know love a tennis player or who we look up to and why we look up to them, it's who they're being. And yes, they might have a great skill that um, you know makes it exciting, like I go and get my haircut because they're really good. but I, but there could be two people side by side that are equally as amazing and skilled uh, with the hair you know the haircut that you'll get. But you're gonna to go to the one that your heart's, you know, your heart's connected to. So that can't be duplicated. That can't be copied. You know, you, it, it can't be copied. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that. No, I think I know. I know that mm. we're heading it. And so this is where all the people that. You know, are doing so much thinking or put a lot of emphasis on what they're doing rather than who they're being. They're gonna they're gonna be confronted. They're gonna go, whoa! This is a whole new playing field. I don't know how to be vulnerable. I don't know how. I've been taught that that's all. No, it's all about you know create creating the the judgment of success.
0: Mm. Well, you mentioned vulnerability. Dr. Mm. Brene Brown, she talks a lot about vulnerability and shame.
1: I love that woman.
0: But also, yeah, I know, I do too. Yeah,
1: she's one of my faves.
0: Oh, yes, yes, me too. But, and she also talks a lot about wholeheartedness, mm, which, um, okay. I, you know, I, I can just tell you what when I, this really st- stood out for me. Mm. She described it as engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. Oh, wow. It means cultivating the courage, compassion and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. Oh, gosh. And it's going, yeah. I know, and it's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid. And that's does that makes doesn't me beautiful.
1: The,
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. And she finishes by just saying, and it doesn't change the truth that I am brave and worthy of love and belonging. Mm. So this love and belonging, belonging thing, and you mentioned heart, so it yeah. it does it all comes together I guess, eh? Hey? about we've created such shame and vulnerability around around us for generations. Well, that you know, it has actually stopped us being the magic of us.
1: Absolutely. And shame's really interesting, I mean, I, when I speak to people about shame, a lot of the response I get is, "Oh, I don't have shame." And I'll say to them, "So do you feel worthy? Do you feel valued and valuable? Um, you know, do you have no negative thoughts or you know, disempowering thoughts. And they go, oh, no, I have those. And I said, well, that is shame. And they're, oh, wow, I thought shame was, you know, like if someone took all your clothes off at once, you'd go, ah! You know, uh, and so there's a big spectrum with with shame. And basically any time you make yourself wrong, that is shame. And, you know, as you know, Vic, you know, I'm really passionate about domestic violence and creating change with that. And in the research, when they look at why, you know, people perpetrate violence – There's no commonality really, except shame. So you know, sometimes it's testosterone. Sometimes you know, um, it's upbringing, etc. It might be you know, mental health. But there's a commonality that every single person that perpetrates violence has an extreme shame that they have just buried and they just can't even begin to look at. They've made themselves so wrong, and it's not an excuse, but it's just saying, "Wow, look at this!" You know, this shame's a big deal here, and we tend to shame. Um. everyone really everyone's got it and everyone's touched by it and if we were a little bit more aware of when we speak to someone is there an element there of shame mm.
0: yeah and again it's just uh, whether the language is understood the yeah. way it's meant to be understood isn't it uh, I know I made excuses growing up. Um, well, I guess I've always been conscious of not wanting to stand out in a professional sense because I thought that others might think I was too big for my boots, or I was being a show off, or and I always sort of felt that others knew more than I did. So, really, who did I think
1: I was? And yeah, you know, that that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and also so, I, I have to jump in because I know you and I know what an incredible value you are, just standing on the street, not saying a word, just just your very essence and your being is changing the world. And of course, when you open your mouth, it's like, oh my gosh, even know, and your kindness and caring. And I really get that anyone who feels that way that you've just described, and that was me too, I really got a turn, I'm, I had a turning point where I realised it's actually mean. It's mean and not kind for me to step up and step out and not be me and it yes it takes courage and yes there's going to be haters and judges however when you look at the bigger picture of what it's going to create you playing small is an unkindness to you your family and the planet so yeah I'm so grateful that you move past that. Even if you have those echoes, you don't listen to them, I'm hoping. Is that true?
0: <laughs> well, I, it, I notice it more quickly now. Yeah, I still have it, but it doesn't hang around. It used to hang around for days and weeks <laughs> or whatever Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Yes, but now I just think, oh, there it is again. Um, so now yeah. I can... Um, just notice it and just um, not try and fight it. just notice it, I guess is probably works for me at the moment.
1: yeah yeah well it is part of the wounding, isn't it? I mean the shame is is a woundedness and so if anything sort of triggers that woundedness, um, that that inner voice is going to come up and play and say, you know you're worthless, you're hopeless, don't do it, you're a waste of space you know or however however it speaks to you. Mm. Mm.
0: Grace, I you know I love Dr. Gabor Mate yes, and his work around. Oh, do you? Yes. Yeah. Well, I saw a movie that he was in. Somebody else had made the movie, but they called it "The Wisdom of Trauma" because they're saying we all have trauma and there is wisdom in that trauma. Um, but yes. one of the things, um, and he says, you know, most of us have, have suffered at a different levels. But it continues to affect our choices into adulthood. Do you think that the impact of trauma and its unresolved impacts have anything to do with allowing ourselves to be the magic that we
1: all are? Everything to do with it. You know, I I remember Oprah said, turn your wounds to wisdom. And that's very much what you're talking about and what, you know, he's talking about. And yeah, I mean, with my domestic violence podcast, I speak about being the flower. And and when you're in the centre of the flower, you're in your beingness. And the petals... Are your inner community, and some of your inner community are disenfranchised. You know, hurt, wounded um, experiences, and they have an energetics of their own, and they can hijack you. So, absolutely, you know, it's it. For me, uh, I love how you say it. I agree wholeheartedly. Every single person on this planet has trauma, has mental health issues. Everyone and it's just a huge spectrum some people have it 24/7 some only get triggered with certain things some have managed it better some you know they like my daughter she's i said to her i wish everyone could just be like you <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> and you know she, she do, she's been brought up in a way with all these questions and and she she doesn't have that and i was i was i'm in the middle of writing a book and i said you know you know that voice that tell and she goes what voice and I said, oh. I said, no, you know oh, the hell. voice that tells you you're not good, you know. And she goes, Mum, I don't actually have that voice. And I said, oh, and, I, and I said, hang on a minute, we need to have this conversation. And I said, you don't. It's not like you hear it and then you just don't do. anything. she goes, Mum, I don't hear it. I don't have that. And I said, well, what do you have? <laughs> you because know, I, I just, mm. I just assumed um, that she would have it, but have the tools to be okay with it. You know. And mm. she says, no, I just have a voice of awareness. And she gave the example like she takes our dog for a walk, and she says sometimes I'll I'll want to go for a walk, but when I when I actually just go, oh, hang on, what would it create if I went for the walk? It's kind of heavy, and it's kind of weird, and so I know, oh, okay, not meant to go. But it's not a voice like, oh, if you go for a walk or you're hopeless or you know you should go for. She goes, I don't have that voice, and so I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, this is this is the world I see and you're and I just yeah, so this is the world I see where we 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 don't have to deal with this, but right now we're dealing with a lot of people who we need to have this conversation. We need to Yay. look at our petals, yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm in my late 60s and I know my dear mum who, which this part I found really interesting in in this um, movie as well, The Wisdom of Trauma, Dr. Mate was talking about how cancer is actually can be triggered by that unresolved hurt and um
1: and trauma, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and so when I came, I noticed it in my mom, uh, who was a fantastic human being, but didn't believe she was. And so then I grew up with all this thing about thinking it was my job to raise my kids in a certain way, and I'd been indoctrinated, you know, by yeah. everything. And I know my son used to say to me, um, "But mum, what if I'm just here to have fun?" And I used to see that as that's, oh my God! Don't you know that's irresponsible? Yeah, it's, um,
1: yeah, that's not right.
0: Know, <laughs> it's not right. And what does that mean? That you're going to live off other people while you just have fun? I imagine him just wanting to buy great cars and you know, hoon around the world. Basically, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you
1: would have had your um, point of view on what fun is for you, and it might be a completely different thing for him. Yeah.
0: Well, as I know now, it is, mm-hmm. and now that I can connect more dots, it is actually. Him being the magic of him. He's not meant to be like our generation. He's meant to be just himself. And that goes for all of us, doesn't it?
1: Well, well, that's the gift. When someone can be all of who they be, That's that's the gift. That's why we're made how we're made. You know, like, as you know, my spelling is shocking. I've got terrible dyslexia. Um, and yeah, I could really be down on myself, but obviously, you know, my creator didn't want me to, um, you know, become an editor or, you know, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> or be a secretary. You know, God forbid, don't hire me for that. And ho- however, <laughs> you know, there's I have an enthusiasm, and my and I have because of my inability to write well, um, and I mean, like handwrite well. Um, Therefore, now I speak better, if that makes sense. So it's, you know, if we allow each other to just find our, we'll find our knowing and actually come from that and be that. And, um, and for me, the gift of laughter, laughter heals. Laughter mm. gets you through the, the most horrible things. And, and, you know, this person that you speak about, oh, my goodness, you know, to have that on the planet, to have joy on the planet, and, you know, I remember in um, in one of the books I read, this gentleman talked about he can tell within seconds if a couple's going to make it or not or, you know, have a really good chance of making it. And I can't remember the, the three things he said, but one of them was that ability to just have joy no matter what. You know, that, that uh-huh. sort of um, – he talked about it as a – Actually, maybe we can look at it next week. I'll, I will. I'll put my thinking cap on and and work out who said that and what that was because it was. It's definitely worth investigating. But um, it's it's like you can travel through the hard times. Um, you know the ups and downs of a relationship if you've got that, um, kindness and caring and that generosity. I think he spoke about that. Gen- it was generosity of spirit. Actually, yeah, joy and generosity of spirit. I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Gosh, we sure do need more of that around, don't we? Perhaps some, um, I think this one is such a big one. I'm sure oh, there's yeah. going to be other. I know. So there'll be other parts of it that I think we can explore in in um, in, in another podcast. Um, but one of the things too that, and I love this, I, I did a um book, a photo book for my kids for their 40th birthdays. And there was a quote that I'd seen not long before it. And it really, to me, was like freeing them up to live their life. And um, it goes like this. It's, you are not your mother, your father, your history or your cultural influence. You are uniquely and originally you. Be bold and daring and fearless and unconventional. Be willing to use your voice in service to your soul. Go on, rock that damn boat. The wave you create might just change the world.
1: I love that. Yeah, it mm. reminds me of a song um, Indira, by Indira. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the, the um, podcast information. It's beautiful. It speaks to that energy. Oh, does it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. She goes into all the things that, that I'm not. You know, I am not the oh. da, 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 da. I've got it in my head, <laughs> but I just oh. can't remember the name of it.
0: <laughs> oh, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It is a
1: beautiful song, um, all about Yay. just being you. You're not your past, you're not the judgments that others have of you. You are unique, you are beautiful, you are worth it, you are valuable. you know And if you don't feel that way, it chances are. it's because you're functioning from a petal and not from the middle of the flower, your beingness. Mm,
0: I do love that, and once we know that, any time we don't feel really at peace within, within, then it's probably a good indicator that we are functioning from a petal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can't acknowledge or won't acknowledge your greatness, you can't really be that contribution and and step into it. And and I think that you know, with other people, when they put these judgments on you. They they're doing the best they can. You know. You talk about as a parent. You know. You know oh mm. gosh, I've learnt that now. Oops. You know. And and please. Th- you know. Guilt's another thing with shame. And you you know it when you know it. You get it when you get it. And you know. Please don't make yourself wrong or anyone listening make yourself wrong. It's just what can you create now? What can you choose now? And and sometimes it can be having those value um, vulnerable conversations that we're not taught. You know. We're not taught to to speak that way Mm. and, in fact, we're taught to Twitter it out or, you know, text, break up via text or, you know, send the email instead of actually having that conversation.
0: Conversations face-to-face are getting more rare these days, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and, you know, and you miss so much with that, you know, just seeing... Um, for example, I, I was helping a gentleman, he's got a, a new job and um, he, he, these two owners, they were yelling at each other, like screaming at each other and um, so this person said, I don't want to work there anymore you know, and, um, and he said, I'm just going to send a text saying that, because it was a casual job, I'm just going to send a text saying, look, it's not working for me and, and I said, okay, you could choose that but let's look at what that's going to create for you, for them. And, um, and so you do have to read the room. <laughs> you know, it's no, it's no point having a conversation with a psychopath or having a conversation where you've already got the awareness they're not willing to hear what you're going to say or not open to what you're going to say. But mm. generally speaking, no matter what, um, unless, of course, there's a risk of, you know, harm, et cetera, um, it's always better face-to-face because you can, you can see that, um, you know, for example, I said if they're yelling, there's something wrong. And so if you said, hey, guys, are you Okay. You know, I've just noticed you've been yelling at each other a lot lately. Can I help with anything? And, -hmm. of course, that just, that's a completely different thing than resisting and reacting or quitting or separating. You know, separating is one that we could have a whole podcast just on separation, how when we don't (laughs) like something, it's like let's just separate, you know, instead of going, hang on a minute, let's have this conversation.
0: Yeah. Actually, we're not just talking about um, marriages there, are we? No, everything. do we do that? Yes, in a workplace we'll just avoid or we'll, um, oh I want to do one on that we will do that okay
1: um, <laughs> on the list
0: <laughs> it's on the list yes yes well uh, Grace thank you very much for sharing that have you got just before we um, maybe go into some home play what what is what would you say about that um, I know you said about are you okay but sometimes in a workplace, even. Um, you know, there's a com- you know, there are tough conversations. Well, they're, they're there to be had, but often they're avoided. But what have you got to tell some people about um, how to approach them? You know, what's a well, better way of doing know, it rather yeah. than just avoiding it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, people go into what's right and wrong and good and bad, and they go into a conversation on not really listening. <laughs> they go into a conversation on, I want you to get why I'm feeling this way and that I'm Right. And generally speaking, the other person feels the same way. And so I always say, can we just put aside the right and the wrong and the good and the bad and look at what we can generate and create? So firstly, I'd be speaking to that person um, and asking them questions like, is it actually like for you to keep working for this company? You know, can they actually receive you? Are you better off somewhere else? You know, so there's lots of things before that conversation even happens that I'd probably get into. Um, Mm. But if we were just to jump into the questioning, I I would listen... (laughs) I would just say, Hey, how do you, you know, what's your awareness about this? Or, um, you know, I noticed that this is happening. What do you, what do you reckon's going on? Or, and then just shut up. I would just listen. Mm. I would just listen. And, and then, um, you know, if I was in a, I guess if I was in a position of that they were my employee, uh, I would probably, if I've noticed a change in them, I'd probably say, Hey, how are you going? Like I wouldn't even bring up, you know, whether their sales were down or whatever it was. i would just say, Hey, how are you going? And, mm. um, and then I'd hear, you know, but you've got to, you know, we've talked about this, Vic, about safety, security and support. It's my, it's, it's my, what I go, get up on my soapbox for. It's like if then, mm. if you have created a business or your, if your partner doesn't feel safe, secure and supported, if your children don't feel safe, secure and supported, you're never going to be able to have these vulnerable conversations. You're always going to, um, you, you might start it, but, you know, it takes two. It takes two to be able to um, be that space of vulnerability
0: yeah, and I guess that's where you've often said we do need a trauma-informed society in our schools. Absolutely, across and, the
1: board. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and really caring about people. You can't, you know, this is the thing that I, I find, I mean, funny, not funny, but when you work for somebody, it's like you cut off all other parts of yourself and then you just come in and you do your job and the boss doesn't want to know about anything else, but you can't do that because that they're a human being. And, you know, if they've just lost a child or they're going through a breakup or, you know, someone they care about is going through a hard time or, or even just COVID and their mortgages and, you know, their fear and this dripping of trauma, all of this is going to affect the bottom line as an employee, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that it's insane not to have these conversations on, are you okay? How are you? What do you require to feel safe, secure and supported? You know, I've got a girlfriend who works for a bank and she's on the spectrum. And she said to her boss, you know, after we had that first um, lockdown, she, her productivity went through the roof and the boss noticed it. She noticed it. So now she just works from home. And, wow. you know, so we've got to be willing to look at, do we want this employee? Yes, we do. Okay, what conditions? Can we Mm. create together so I can get the best of you and you can feel just so amazing and cared for and loved and honoured and appreciated? And then they're going to work Mm. so much harder for you anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and imagine what the world that would create when everyone's happy doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and, of course, those that are, in you know, partnered with other people intimately, it's like, wow, imagine. Imagine if you felt safe, secure and supported and encouraged to be you. And it's okay if you made a mistake. You know, I've got a a very dear girlfriend of mine um, and I I just adore our friendship because I can be anything with her. I can mess up. I can, you know, and if I mess up, I'll just say I'm so sorry. You know, that was not okay. And how can I make up for it? I I know that I'm not going to be abused back. She's going to get that if I do anything that's not okay, I wouldn't have meant it. Mm. you know and so this is where i would just love but it, it, as you say it's a spec it's across the board you know our governments mm. don't feel safe to legislate because they're going to think they're going to get booted out you know the individual members of parliament are frightened because they don't mm. want to step put their head above you know that tall poppy thing because they want to keep their job um mm. you know and then there's these brave um uh members or for example um just into Ardern, you know, the New Zealand uh, mm. leader. I, I just, I'm so proud of her. She's, she's just making some really good choices, and, and we, I think we're going to see it more and more that there's a strength in vulnerability. There is a wisdom in the wounds, and, um, and we all know it when someone's willing to be authentic. We can mm. tell, we can tell with our leaders whether someone's doing something because it's just going to get votes or whether they genuinely are say sorry for something. You know, you were part yeah. of the walk across the Sydney Harbour Bridge, right, to say sorry. Yeah. And and that was felt. That wasn't – I mean, yes, okay, it might be politically great and do good things politically, but there was an energetic of truth there and authenticity. And then that's when, the, you know, the Australian people responded.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is, it wasn't um, to s- say sorry. It was about creating that different conversation, really. See? Next, Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, never, never been had, and, but I didn't get it. I remember reading some t- years later, I read this story about this woman who had been removed as a child and she was suffering terrible trauma intergenerationally. She's now a grandmother and she said she really wanted to go to Sydney, I think from Wollongong, so she got the train up to Sydney on the morning of it and she was hurting like heck inside and wanted to cry and everything and then she said when she got onto the bridge and saw sorry written in the sky by a plane and she just burst into tears and she said that was when her healing within began and I thought oh my gosh you never know the difference you make as an individual because that was never part of our planning when we did that Um, (laughs) but it created that right it it created the environment
1: for people to say what can I do
0: Exactly, because I don't even know who did it. It was somebody, just an individual just doing that. So I just, oh, wow. No, I so get it. Um, Well, what do you think about how can we practice or do something that helps us get the magic of being all of us? What can we do this week?
1: Well, before we just get into home play, I did want Hmm. to speak about – in an unspoken voice with Peter Levine or Levine. Oh it? yes, and yeah. I just wanted to make reference to what you said about the pain um, in the body, and his work is all about the somatic, and that you know dis-ease and disease um, can come from trauma. So I just wanted to highlight that it's it's a it's a brilliant book, and he's a great author as well. Um, but for home play, what, what do you think we should do? <laughs> well, I don't know. What if
0: we were just to notice? Um, what we do throughout the day, whether we're actually being all of us or whether...
1: Yeah, um, when we're in we're, polarity we're playing, or not.
0: Yeah, whether we think we're just playing a role that somebody else expects of us or we think they do.
1: Yeah, are we on autopilot, you know, rather than, crea- ah. rather than creation? And, and a good a good way to assess that is the polarity. If you're going into the right and the wrong, then you're not in creation, so any what do you mean the right and wrong? Yeah. Well let's say, you know, a couple of fighting and you know, he did this or she did that, if you're doing the you know, speaking to your girlfriends or your mates about the problem and you're going, Oh, you know, she just keeps doing this or he keeps doing that that's making them wrong and you right. And then if you flipped it, she or he would have their own things about the other partner that are wrong and right, right? So when you're you're in that polarity of good, bad, right, wrong, in talking about the quote-unquote problem, you're not in creation. So you acknowledge Mm. what the issue is. Like I'm just going to pick something random. Like they leave, you know, um, wet towels on the floor when they get out of the shower, okay? Mm. So it's Mm. like, oh, why can't they just pick that up? So they're wrong for putting it down, right?
0: and not putting it
1: up and so you could actually go first question are they actually capable do they have the energy to do this and you'd get the answer energetically and if they can't there's no point in having the conversation then it's about you actually being okay with what is or not being okay with what is and 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 that's where, you know, if you go into a relationship, I'm using this example because it was brought up by a client and she had a really great relationship and this was literally the only thing. And it was not just an okay relationship, it was great. And, um, mm. and when she actually looked at it on he's not, in, with the energy that he's got, he's just not capable of it right now, what do you do with that? Mm. And, um, and so she just went, you know what, I'm going to cut him some slack. He is the most beautiful man he loves me beautifully. He looks after the family and the children beautifully. He's always there for us. Um, he's funny. He, you know, she went through all of that and she said, you know what, okay, it takes me two seconds to pick up the towel. I'm going to do that. I'm, he, with all he gives to me, I'm going mm. to do this one act for him and get over myself. And the funny thing is she was waiting for the towel to be dropped so she could do that because she was so excited because she had had a total reframe and he never put it up and never dropped it again. (laughs) And she's like, how is that even possible? I never spoke to him about it again. And I said, you changed the energy and you changed your life. So sometimes that can happen. But other times it is about (laughs) recognising this can't change, but I'm okay doing it. I've changed it from a necessity to a choice. I'm going to choose to pick up the wet towel and not make it wrong.
0: Oh, I like that. Gosh. Uh, Well, you've left me on a great note now, (laughs) but thank you very much for that. (laughs) No worries. Uh, I I love it. And, and, well, thank you for um, showing me what you can see because I couldn't see that before. And I look forward to hearing what our other listeners um, can see that we, you, and I can't absolutely. see. Absolutely,
1: mm. absolutely. And you know, just our conversation today, there was so much that you said. I'm like, oh yes, no, I didn't see that. Okay, and that's the beauty, isn't it? When when someone else sees it, it becomes on the super, you know supermarket shelf for you to choose too, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: thank Thanks to all the listeners and we'll see
1: you next week. Absolutely. We'll catch you next week. Have a beautiful week and let us know how you're going with the home play. Take care. Bye-bye.